Well, hello everyone. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, I know it's been a couple of months since podcasts. I think the last episode I did was Mother's Day. So um, I hope that you've been well and thank you for seeing that there's a new episode out and clicking to listen. I enjoy being in your ear holes. I appreciate it. Um, so a few updates. Uh, my mental health has been shit and it's uh it's all elongated from uh basically the will drama going on so i'll give you an update on that so uh last we spoke you know i had been i'd been contacted in february with the drama with my mum's uh death certificate uh so recently i got contacted again i think it was probably two weeks ago now and it was regarding the fact that there was still more paperwork needed from uh, basically it was uh, aimed at my siblings and I. So from our portion of uh, my grandmother's will. And look, just to clarify, like I know this is first world problems. Wow, she's getting an inheritance and she's complaining. A lot of people might think that. And if you want to think that, you're well, uh, you're well able in your mind to think that. I think that too. I think that of myself too. I should be grateful for the money and the stress is just a byproduct of that, but I should be grateful. Um, but just a sidebar of that and just think of that, that when you've had uh, major people in your life die, money means shit. Um, granted, I might be considered spoiled. You know, I got money that has sat in a fund for me, a trust fund for me, and that money um, sat there for six years until I say I put it into another uh, interest account and I used it for my first home. So I am very grateful for that money. I don't believe I earned that money, um, but I know legally I had every right to it. Uh, and uh, I get that, you know, I have not had the financial struggles that others have had. At the same time, I have uh, have had other struggles, which look, in all honesty, if I could go back and have a happy life, have a nice, happy uh, what do you call it? Leave it to leave it to Beaver upbringing, and not have any of this money that has been given to me from uh, relatives who have died. Fuck, man, take it, take it, take my house. I'll go back and I will live a less fucked up life. Um, absolutely, sign me up. Um, my kitten is walking past the microphone. Uh, so yeah, I understand that that's first world problems, and I completely get that. And um, yeah. You can hate me. That's all good. Um, but this recent will has dredged up, dredged up, dredged up. It's brought up a lot of lot of feelings that, honestly, you think after 14 years you kind of would have come terms to terms with. Apparently I haven't. Um, and last week I was called to be advised that they still needed something from our portion, so from my mum's share, um, that had to be done. When I asked, she said there was paper, my auntie said there was paperwork that needed to be signed. And I said, well, I've not been giving any, given anything by any solicitor, so I don't know what is left to do. She asked me uh, to please follow it up with the solicitor and then said in her words, you're the only one that can fix this. <sighs> just a reminder, I am not the executor of the will. I, you know, I'm just uh, a person receiving a third of another person's share. There's two other people that are in part with this as well, but apparently this is something only I can fix. Story of my life, guys, I've gotten this a lot in my lifetime. I'm apparently the only reasonable person that can fix problems that everybody else has access to um, and the means to repair. 
But anyway, I digress. I contacted the solicitor and the woman on the at the front desk said she pretty much knew nothing about the case. And I said, I understand. I said, but you have to understand something for me. I don't want to access. I don't want to talk to my family. I made it quite clear when I came over there with my mum's will, uh, death certificate. I literally like opened up my wallet and threw every sort of documentation thing I had in there. I threw my license, my Medicare, like I'm like my credit card, like what do you need? I want this to be the last time that I need to come here because going to the place where my mum grew up and where I spent a, a couple of years of my life because that's where we lived when we had separated from my father, it did more damage than good, I think. It was really... It was jarring being in a place that honestly did not look like what it did when I lived there, which is good, but also and bad in a way. So it was, it was, it was just, it was fucked. And I probably should have expected that, but I didn't. So there was that. Um, and she said, oh, hold on, I'll find out for you. So I was on hold for quite a while. Meanwhile, this is, I'm at work, man. Like this is my job I'm away from my job while I'm sorting out this shit that should have been should have been sorted out months ago so I'm waiting in the car park pacing while I'm on my phone because I didn't do this in the office because I'm not doing this to my colleagues I don't need to hear the crazy that is I they already hear enough they really do so um I got told that not I but my two siblings needed to sign a document um, stating that they had never been bankrupt nor are not bankrupt. And for legal reasons, they can't give them money when if they have been bankrupt, it needs to go to some sort of estate or holding. That's where it has to go, as she explained it to me. I said, you don't need anything from me. She said, no, you provided us with documentation when you arrived to drop off the death certificate, which covers that. And then she goes, I'll just do a verbalization with you now. Have you been or are you bankrupt? And I said, no, I have not. And then I struggled for what felt like 30 seconds to say the word fucking bankrupt i watched wheel of fortune for a long time guys i know how to say that word but i think i was just at my tether at this point so i said okay no worries i will let them know got off the phone and i told my auntie what was what and i said i'm gonna call um one of my brothers i've only had contact with one of my brothers through this ordeal which is great um because i don't think i could deal with the other one um so many issues there more than this podcast has time or data for um so basically i called my brother and and he was in a kerfuffle because he was about to go overseas for i don't know how long or where i didn't ask i didn't care but i basically told him this is what i was told and this is what you need to do and i don't know how but at some point today they're getting this documentation to you that's all i was told and i'm wiping my hands of it basically i've done more than I think I needed to do in this situation. He proceeded to tell me that he spoke to the girl at the desk that morning who's basically told him that she could not help him. So I don't know how I was able to get more answers than he was. Maybe he did a man look. You know what I'm talking about. So he did a man phone call and just went, okay, no worries. Or maybe I am so unhinged that that woman went out of her way to figure out what the fuck was happening for me because she's like this woman's on the line and she is loco so i don't know if that was the case either way win-win really you know end of the day that's what you need to do i was polite i was assertive 
and I was direct to the point where this needs to be this is my problem this needs to be the I need the fix so just tell me what the fix was I don't know how hard that how hard is that for people to do like that's not an uncommon thing right like how do you fucking take a an item back to be refunded at Woolies like do you have to get your wife to do it like really but I digress so that was my trauma on Monday and that did my head in to the point where I just I returned back to my desk I took up my lunch break basically I used that as my lunch break because it's not fair that I should be dealing with personal crap during work hours so I missed out on a lunch break that day Missed out on my walk my mental health walk might I add like getting out getting sunshine getting half an hour walking two to three k's like that's my thing missed out on that very resentful it was only like 10 minutes back at my desk and I just started to burst into tears my manager's like let's go out and go for a walk and I'm like no I'm not I don't want to go please don't and she said it again and I and I was more assertive because I was just at my end of my fucking rope I said no I do not want to go thank you she proceeded to hold me while I cried I am I am I am truly blessed in the support network that I have like I don't know how many people could say their manager will just let you fall apart and let you be crazy and just carry on like you know so and my mental health was already probably declining uh i'd say towards the end of the week the week prior so i i feel like i was already you know like when you you're recovering from a cold and then you get another infection on top of that so i felt like i was already depleted and i know likening it to a physical illness may be a bit weird for some but when your brain chemistry is not right and then traumatic events keep coming it is exactly that it is exactly the same way mental illness needs to be recognized as a physical illness it is your brain chemistry not being right so i had that on top of it and i just and my main grievance was the fact that i missed my mum i wanted my mum and i and i resented the fact that i was having to deal with this because my mum wasn't here if my mum was here, this would not be my problem. I mean, it would, because I know I'd have to help my mum through this. But I'd be helping her. And I felt bad that I was helping myself with something that I didn't deserve. So, that, today's not a good day either. And I don't know why I'm recording this today, but I feel like I need to do this fresh in my mind. So, just ignore the crying. It's just, it's just another thing that I keep waving through so that was monday and then i didn't hear anything from it for a while and then i got um oh backtracking just quickly taking a little um side quest the weekend before i took my child to one of her friends uh birthday parties and whilst they were doing laser tag i was in the room chatting with these mums that one i knew the other two i hadn't and we started chatting and one of the mums uh lives in Nowra came from Nowra to Sydney for this party which I thought was incredible and I said oh Nowra I love Nowra I go down there all the time because we have a place down there um, on the south coast and we drive past it and one of the mums went oh wow you have a holiday house and I said yes I said but it's you know um, it's not ours it's mortgaged and you know uh, and she 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 kind of said oh Jesus you uh, something like felt like I was getting the vibe that you must be very privileged or something she goes oh you must have worked hard for that and I and I kind of shrugged it off like sort of so I already had this in the back of my head 
I'm not going to explain to a total stranger that, yeah, because I have no family and uh, the things that I have done with my inheritances from my dead parents, I've chose to put it towards property and that puts me in good stead. I get that. Um, I haven't blown it all. Blown. Fuck. Blown? That's not a word. Let's go back. I haven't blown it on drugs. I haven't whittled it away on nothing. I have, I have nothing I have done with my money has been selfish at all. It's all been for my future, for my kids and for my family. Um, so yeah, nothing untoward there. So that was on the weekend, had the thing on the Monday, everything died down. Then on Saturday, Saturday, no Sunday it was, I have, was it Sunday? No, no. So Friday afternoon, I decided, not not Friday afternoon, but previous to this, I decided to change my service providers for my mobile phone. I, I switched from one to the other and I ported my number over. The SIM card came on the Friday and I did this. And then I had issues with the fact that they cancelled my, my account with my previous provider before they had set up my account with my current provider. So usually the way it works is your SIM card will sit in your phone until... It just no longer works like your only function is calling sos so then you're supposed to put your new sim card in and you should just be able to make phone calls well this this process was not done so i could receive phone calls but i couldn't make any phone calls had no data which they warn you it can take up to a certain amount of time but you're not supposed to be put out without having a method of calling out or data like that's that's ridiculous so I had to call from one of my kids phones to say uh what's going on and they're like oh so sorry it wasn't set up uh properly I said yeah well I have no means of calling and no data and this is not acceptable I thought this was like I would never be put out um not really good for a first time encounter with this so-called provider but they managed to rectify it and it and it it was fixed whilst I was on hold so within a 10 minute bracket so that was good um, I'd also got a message after that to set up my voicemail. My voicemail had not been set up, so I had no outgoing message. I don't know what people were receiving. Saturday evening, I think it was, my phone was off. I turn my phone off of a night time. I don't know if you do. Some people don't, but I do. I also have a house phone, so if anyone needed to contact me in an emergency, there is always that. Um, I noticed I had, a, I had two voicemails, and I'm like, fuck, I haven't even set this voicemail up yet. So... I thought I better do this and it was Sunday morning and I was about to go to do a charity event for Cake Angels which I've spoken to spoken to you guys about um, in a previous episode and if you want to catch up on that head over to the one that's labeled Cake Angels um, and I was media was going to be there for this event so I wanted to make sure I looked good and represented my charity um, and my organization well so I was putting makeup on at this point and I thought shit I better and then it came up with the notification I had two voicemails like fuck so I set up my voicemail put my name in put my outgoing message in then I thought all right better listen to these voicemails and both of them of which were from my auntie wanting me to call her back probably not the best thing to do have done it right then and there but I did it <clears throat> did it right in there and I actually had her on voicemail a uh, uh, speakerphone sorry because my makeup was setting <coughs> first of all problems so my husband got to hear the end of this conversation she told me that I was to expect the money to be transferred and it should hit my account uh, at any point and then said 
that she's texted me a statement or an amount that I'm supposed to get. I didn't get it, but um, I did later get it after that point. I went, okay, no worries, thank you. (sighs) Then proceeded to be put on the phone with my uncle, who I am not comfortable talking to for my own personal reasons. And, yeah, they invited us to stay down their house. They also live on the south coast to which I was polite but I don't think I know I will not be taking them up on their offer um so yeah uh that was the conversation which kind of left me a bit jarred sort of thing I played nice I'm polite I say I love you when I end the conversation they are my family and I am not a monster but at the same time I love the fact that they were looking out for me in this regard so you know they could have been dicks but they didn't um next day I get so that's that was Sunday Monday morning bam hits my account more than I was expecting I also was told that it was the amount that I would be getting was more than what I was told originally that I would be getting so that's a pleasant surprise and it's going to help with my eldest getting a car so again putting my family first and not being selfish with it or anything like that not that it matters I could blow it all on hats if I wanted to reference from a movie but I'm not going to do that so um, only part of the money hits my account like an even amount hits my account so I let my auntie know because she wanted me to tell her when I got it and how much I got and I told her it was only a certain amount and she called me back and um I was on a, I was on a work call so I literally couldn't answer the phone and I, I thought this woman must think that I'm trying to avoid her at all costs because I'm never answering her calls anyway I called her straight back and I apologized to my manager I said I have to speak to my auntie and my my manager who uh knows a lot of Maltese people wanted to hear her voice so I put her on speakerphone so she could hear the authentic Maltese voice um but she gave me the number, the exact digit to the cent of how much money I was supposed to get. And she said, this is how much you're supposed to get. Call the solicitor and find out why you have not got this. I'm like, okay, I'll do that. I'll do that. <sighs> Meanwhile, you feel like so scungy. Like, where's all my money? Like, I'm not. <sighs> but I was told to do it. So I'm doing what I'm told. And I got found, and I found out that they were only allowed, there's a maximum amount of money they're allowed to transfer at a time or per day. Um, and my manager's like, yeah, I've heard that before. Like, that's a thing. I'm like, oh, okay. So it's not just them trying to tell me they fucked up. She's like, no, I don't think so. So I call my auntie back and explain that to her and, uh, was faced with the whole, we love you. You know, you, we all, we'll always love you, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. And to, to let me know when I'd received the rest of the money the next day. So today i get the the exact balance of what's owing over this certain amount that came through um and that's kind of it feels like i've okay it's shut the door for me it's this this part of my life is now closed um so now we have to backtrack to 4 a.m this morning um because the money came into my account after that so we're going to backtrack to 4am this morning where I had the worst nightmare I've ever, ever had in my life. So just, um, just something I don't know if people, I've never really, I think I've spoken about it before, but not to this length. So this probably could be a whole new uh, podcast episode, but it's not. 
Excuse me while I keep checking if my dog is eating my cat's food. Um, you can't see me. You don't know that I'm doing that. But I'm honest with you and I'll let you know that my mind is elsewhere. <laughs> God. Can you tell I'm unhinged? You can, can't you? You can feel it. In my, you can hear it in my voice. Okay, so I've in the, in the 14 years that my mum has been gone, I've only dreamt about her, I would say twice, up until this morning. This, the dream I had this morning was the most traumatic dream I've ever had, I think. And I, I had a dream prior to her, before she passed away, while she was alive, of her dying in front of me. So she was overseas on holiday and there was a period of time, this is before mobile phones and stuff like that, so I couldn't just text her and we weren't, you know, it was a matter of when she could get to a landline before she could call me. And there was a period of time where I swear to God it felt like a week and it probably was a week felt like a month for me um where I could not had no contact with her so I was probably mentally beside myself thinking fuck god anything could have happened to her and I have no concept of where she is this is like late 90s early 2000s I only had a mobile phone I I got my first mobile phone in 1998 um and it was the Nokia 5110 that looked like a brick with an antenna so nothing like the phones we had today I wasn't using Facebook Messenger I wasn't on Facebook my mum didn't have anything like that and I don't even think she had a mobile phone at this point in time I made her get one probably after this trip uh but yeah so there was a long period of time where I had no contact with her and I had this horrible dream that uh there was this huge cyclone and she was taken by the wind and her body was slammed into a building and her lifeless body just fell to the floor and I just remember cradling her and she died in my arms and I had this dream before she passed so I don't know if it was me trying to like I, I had and again I had this discussion I had a discussion today about dreams and what they're trying to symbolize I don't know if it's reckoning the fact that you know one day you're going to lose your mum so you need to start getting used to the idea that she's not going to be around or I don't know if it was a premonition that I'm going to watch my mum die in front of my eyes because I did I also don't know if it's a you know prepare yourself for something bad because you haven't talked to her in a week and there's a good chance that her plane could crash or this could happen or anything could happen while she's overseas and you have no contact zero contact with her so there's that um, I don't know if that's what my brain was trying to tell me because there's multiple causes for that sort of dream. And I'd had another dream in the interim. I've had two dreams since she passed away. I think they were fairly quickly, they were fairly closer to her death than they have been closer to today, like early on in the 14 years since she's been gone. And both of them not pleasant. They were not, I'm with you, spending time with her none of it was a positive experience they've all been negative um which fucking sucks because i've heard of other people in my position who have had the most blissful dreams and then wake up to the reality which also is just as probably as jarring so i i recognize that and but when these dreams fuck with your head far out they are hard they are hard to come back from they are hard to carry on your day with they are hard to get up get your kids ready for school get to work carry on like normal when you've got and I can't these are vivid I can't let them go um, I've had several dreams of my husband cheating on me or, or leaving me and I will wake up in the night and literally punch him like you're an asshole and he's like I didn't do anything and I'm like I know but it was so real so my dreams are quite vivid and um, you know I put in 110% when I come to dreaming when, when it comes to that so anyway uh 
four o'clock in the morning this dream occurred or probably be before but I um, was woken up by the act of crying uh, so yeah I was I was crying and not just your regular crying I wasn't crying in the dream when I woke up but it was the <laughs> were you struggling to breathe that sort of crying that real chesty cry so I woke up crying um, and then so to backtrack and I'll tell you what the dream was so the dream was basically I was over my mum had taken me on a holiday overseas and I believe that we were in some Asian country but the, the landscape did not look like an Asian country it was this beautiful grotto um, where there was like a rock pool that literally looked like an infinity pool so the edge of it the edge of the rock of this little pool on this cliff just fell off into the abyss and excuse me you could see the mountains in the in in the um, background and it looked like Mount Fuji which I know why I put that because that's an artwork at my other work Pinwa Picasso so I obviously threw that one in because you know what that's a bit of <laughs> promotion um, so yeah Mount Fuji was in the background so I must have been in Japan or something like that an Asian country um, and uh, and as I'm looking around and enjoying this most amazing space I just remember looking and going that person looks familiar and then seeing a cousin and another cousin and it, as I looked around I realized I was surrounded by family and I was talking about my dad's family who I have not had any contact since he passed in 1991 um, uh, I was surrounded by my siblings and um, other family members from my mum's family but majority was the, the, the defining moments was was my dad's family and my two brothers uh siblings uh so and I said I literally said to my mum like what the fuck is going on and it was it was almost like an it felt like she was trying to do an intervention and I said well I'm not up for like I did not sign up for this so I proceeded to grab my stuff to leave and then everybody was kind of boxing me in and I, you know, started to do the, the rat thing where, you know, if you get in my way, I'm going to bite. Um, and I managed to get past and then they all started chasing me. And then one of my cousins came over who wasn't my cousin. It was Julia Morris, which you think I'd sit there going, this is hilarious because Julia Morris is no, in no way relation to me. And ironically, today, an episode of one of my favorite podcasts, Emsolation, extra, extra, had her on the podcast today so I think because that lead up my brain just went yeah let's just chuck let's just chuck Julia Morris in there that's good it's someone you don't hate so it can be another surprise to you how this person is also double crossing you it's fucking weird she grabbed my arm and she was really rough and then they they put me in this room and sat me on this chair and this chair looked so fucking Italian it was it was like those gold gold fancy seats that had like the claws on the arm rests and and velvet backing and a velvet cushion and something you'd see um in like downtown abbey like in the rich people's houses like it was painted gold it was so ritzy it was like and it was so wog it was the red velvet red and green velvet it was just and i'm and they're tying me they're tying my legs and they're tying my hands to the chair and the whole time i'm just saying to my mum why are you doing this i don't understand why you guys are doing it. it made no sense as to why they were tying me up um and what they wanted from me there was no there was no vocalization of them they just wanted me to stay still and to stay in this room 
and I it was at that point where I kept and then I um this is probably a thing for me but I just started on a loop crying and saying not crying but just saying I am alone I am alone I've always been alone and I just realized I am alone I am alone and I kept doing that on a loop and that's when I woke up crying um so I went to the bathroom and thought oh, I just gotta like just gotta snap out of it and by the time I was walking back to my bedroom I was crying even harder than before and I got into bed and I just cuddled up to my husband and I said I, I woke him up and I said I'm so sorry but I just had the absolute worst dream worst nightmare ever and I and, and he just you know default just comes in and hugs me and then goes what's going on and I usually I just you know I said oh it wasn't because he he defaults going oh what did I do now and I'm going it wasn't about you it was mum and she was mean to me and then I relived the the story again and he was like is this do you think this is coming from the inheritance like by accepting it you are one of them and I said well that that does you know it makes logical sense for me to come to that conclusion as to how my brain is processing it and also um, after a discussion with my manager about it today my work colleague who's a friend with a work friend I should say work friend not my manager but she is um even my dog is trying to console me right now god love her um she her opinion was that maybe I'm trying to build a, a, a an emotional wall so as to not distance myself from my mum but oh, excuse me I gotta get a tissue but to help me cope with the fact that she's not here so creating an imaginary rift so that it hardens me up and I'm not so so longingly missing my mum so excuse me I'm sorry for anyone that has misophonia I will not do that again apologies uh so there was there's that there's those two um ideas um I don't know I I do feel I do feel my husband's conclusion is probably more of the correct one no, there are there were issues between my mum and I. We we did not have the perfect relationship, so there are reasons why I kind of look back and think she could have been a better mum to me, and she could have, you know, given to me what I gave to her, um, and she did, but not in the ways that I needed. So there is that there is that dynamic that I have there. So I don't really need to create further issue um, to build up a. I don't know what you call an emotional callus, if you want to call it that. So then my husband proceeded to say, uh, you know, your mum would never do that. And I said, but she would. Like, I really do feel like this is not, this is not as fictional. And my, and my friend at work said, you're a fucking idiot that your mum would never do that to you. And it's easy for someone to say like a mum would never do that to their child, but my mum had this notion of family she would bend backwards for family she would do whatever she could she'd put herself second and put her family first and I know I am under that umbrella of family but I am but one person and at the end of the day I didn't want to be a part of the toxic relationship that was her family my, fa my dad's family my own family I I took myself from that and I never forced her to do the same, but I just told her that I was never going to be a part of that because I needed to protect myself 
and the only way I could do that was removing myself from the situation. And I always, and I'm 100% honest with this, I always told her, you were welcome to go back and to rekindle a relationship with my brothers. You were welcome to, you know, I never stopped her from seeing her family, although I did question her motives for sitting there and just getting emotionally kicked in the head by them because they were her family. Like, I don't feel like being blood related means that you have the entitlement to treat people like trash that is not the way it goes um so i did warn her that if she wanted to have that relationship with them that i would be removing myself from the whole situation um i may have even said the wording that if you if you want them that's fine but you won't have me and it seems harsh but i need to protect myself and there's no way that my mum and i can have a relationship when she's I know she's going to tell me about them. She's not going to keep it separate. My mum didn't have the capabilities to keep us separate. You know, I can do that. My husband, when this whole, when this thing happened with my grandmother and I went to the, to the funeral, my husband did not approve and he didn't ask how the funeral went. My kids did, but he didn't ask. Um, and that's because he disapproved of my decision. So I realized that he didn't want to know about it because he was trying to protect himself from being hurt by my hurt and unfortunately it's not worked out that way but at the start I kept him separate I didn't tell him anything because that's what he wanted um it's unfortunate that February came around and everything was falling apart for me emotionally and I had no I had no cho choice but to divulge it um because I was declining and I needed him to support not me in what I was doing with this will and with my relatives but just I need you to take some of the domestic load and the emotional load that comes with our family, with our children and looking after them and all the things that are needed so that I can accommodate this shit that I am wearing. Um, so I never dragged him into it, but unfortunately, you know, he has, you know, when you, when someone next to you goes through the mud, you always get splat. It's like when someone walks in a puddle and you're on dry ground, but there's always splashback. So um he um he was quite confident that you know oh your mum wouldn't do this but I I do believe that I think the reason why this dream was so jarring for me was because I really do feel like this could have been a an actual um an actual thing and I uh, I do feel like um my grandmother's funeral there was a little bit of this actually happening I was kind of I was what's the word I'm looking for bombarded is not right but I was tricked into felt like there was an agenda behind me going uh everybody said to me I didn't expect to see you here it's really good that you came uh but yeah almost like I I should have got a brave award for being there um so no one expected me to be there and then by being there though it meant like I don't know if it's now in the hindsight I feel like everyone was talking behind my back to get to get me and my brother to talk and I know it's probably not the case but it felt like that so the fact that whether or not it's true is irrelevant but it, if I felt lied to and I felt like I was being taken advantage of then my feelings count they've got to count for something and I think this dream was part of that too um, maybe it put a pretty projection into that so my husband was so cute and he's telling me to try and like change the script try and change the ending 
And I do that with all my dreams that are negative. I don't know if anyone else is like that. If you have a bad dream, I try to resolve it so that I'm on the upper hand. So at least I can close that chapter, give it some closure. And then I, when I wake up in the morning, at least I'm fucking kind of half a human and not sitting there dwelling on something that never even happened. But, you know, you can't help it. Dreams can be quite vivid. Uh, so I started to do that. And I started to, as they were tying me up, I proceeded to tell my mum, I said, well, mother, uh, I, I called her by her name and I told her that, you know, this is it, we're done, um, you know, it's, and I, I had the most beautiful speech, it was fucking epic, I can't recall any of it, I just remember catching her by surprise by using her name because she was like shocked that I never, I didn't call her mum and I said, we're no longer like this is it there's nothing else that's going to happen between us and you've done it you've ended it um and I hope you're happy with your decisions and yeah, yeah, yeah. it was it was a fucking epic speak man I wish I could have taken it down and you know what it was funny I thought I was doing this all in my subconscious but I was actually whispering it out loud so I was kind of half asleep and half awake so I whispered it out loud and my husband said are you all right and I said yeah yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to change the dream so at that time, I didn't know he could hear me. Then I rolled over the other direction. I said, I'll let you sleep. Um, he has to wake up at, at like 5.30 every morning. This happened at 4 o'clock in the morning. This took forever. I rolled over and proceeded to continue on. And then I started to make a narrative um, as I proceeded to try to chew the the rope off with my own teeth I'm like well I'm not going to sit here and just be sad about it I need to fix it I'm not alone I've got me and I need to get myself out of this so I proceeded to chew the ropes on my left arm <laughs> to get my hand free so that I could get myself free and I'm in my brain I'm doing this in a dialogue but my husband goes are you okay and I said yeah, yeah yeah why and he said I can hear you you're saying everything out loud and I said oh and then there was a bit of silence and then he started hugging me because, shit, man, if you could hear the things I'm, I was saying, it sounded unhinged and I sounded really fucked up. And I think he got a little bit of a taste of how fucked up this thing inside my head is. He knows I'm not well and he knows what it's like for me because I vocalize it. But, you know, the stuff that the stuff that I say out loud is 10% of what I'm thinking. And I heard a bit more of that 90% in this dream of how I felt. And I think, I don't know if he remembers it because he was, he was so tired. And then I just remember cuddling him and trying to get, I was trying to work him into my dream. Like his family were on holiday and he rescued me and... Uh, I don't know, I was trying to end it on a happy ending. Like, you know, we ended up making out and having fucking great sex. And that was in my head. It was trying to how I was trying to process it. <laughs> trying to make a shit situation better. And it's been playing with my head all day. And I woke up with puffy eyes yesterday because of the makeup. Sometimes when I wear makeup, it make, it just seems to make my eyes puffy the next morning and a bit watery. So that was Monday's problem. And today's problem was my eyes were all puffy because of all the crying that I did. And I've... Uh, it, it hit me at about, oh, I reckon it was like one o'clock. It hit me like a ton of bricks and my eyes are so sore. And he, poor bugger, he only got 20 minutes sleep. This whole saga of my bad dream kept him up till like 
five o'clock or so. And then we were up for a whole hour and then he fell asleep and then his alarm went off and he went, I'm sleeping in. And then he slept till like six and then got up to go to work. And I official apology to my husband. I am so sorry I did that to you this morning. And I love him and he is amazing that, you know, so something so silly and trivial as a dream, but he took it so seriously and he knows that I've not been well. Like the other night he took, he takes our daughter out to do night driving so she can get her hours up. And he said, oh, I should take all the kids so that you can be by yourself. And I literally just, I must have scared the living shit out of him. I said, I don't think it's a good time for me to be on my, be on my own at the moment. And he looked at me like, and I went, yeah, no, I just don't think, I don't trust myself by myself. You know, um, it's, it's a funny thing, mental health. And when it goes to shit and a lot of people think it's gutless and selfish and, but it's not, your brain is just wired and you, you are convinced that everybody is better off without you and that it would just be easier for everybody if you weren't around and it's a horrible thing to say but some days you do think it's true and other days you know better but yeah so I know today I'm not thinking of taking my life today and I'm not thinking of anything like that today and I'm okay and I'm just having a bad day. It comes in waves, the good and the bad, but I really underestimated. If you, if I could talk to Lisa back in September last year, I really underestimated how this death of my grandmother was going to fuck me up and I shouldn't have. But I did. I really didn't think it was going to be like this. Excuse me while I grab a tissue. So, yeah. <laughs> be it a warning for some people. I should know better. But I simply didn't. And I don't regret any of the decisions I made. I don't regret going to the funeral. Because I, I do believe that going to the funeral and seeing these people face to face. And talking to them. And being told their side of the story so that they can get it off their chest and give them whatever peace of mind. But me just sitting there going, whatever, agree, disagree, whatever. I'd put these people up on this. And I'm going to say, it, if my husband's listening to this, God forbid you're listening to this. I'm so sorry, David. I'm going to put it up on a pedestal that these guys, these people in my life, these family members were monsters and even my dad, like I did that to my dad. I probably should have saw, saw him before he passed away. And it probably would have been beneficial for me to see him in that frail state and realize he's just a person. He's not a monster. He is no more than a human being and he's going to die. And your suffering in that regard will end. By seeing my family and conversing one-on-one, -on -one, like I literally was a meter away from my brother in this conversation. And I've not seen him in... 13 years because I saw him at the mediation we sat across the table from him but I couldn't even look at him at that point I had my head down the entire time we were at mediation until they left the room I was clutching my husband's hand the whole time uh couldn't make I was terrified I was terrified of them I I made myself scared of these people and gave them monster status in my brain and I don't know why but having seen them at the funeral and listened to them I have, I, I've always understood that they have gone through 
their life differently to mine. They had experienced different situations in regards to my parents and the abuse that happened there different to me because they were alive a lot older. They're a lot older than me. But um, it gave me an opportunity to say, great, okay, I understand that, but you have to understand that by the time I came around, they were old enough to go to friends' houses and then eventually some of them moved out. The stuff that I saw, I'm not going to say it was worse, but the stuff that I saw, they were never privy to and it had taken different turns in our, in, in our life that they'll never understand. Um, and having this conversation with him made me realize that he's just a person. He's just a human. And it didn't make me want to forgive him because I don't forgive him. I understand because a lot of people tell me I should forgive but not forget. And I could I could never do the whole forgive and forget thing. That's just not my that's not my style. That's God's job. It's not mine. If he does exist, that's his job, not mine. I'm not going to take his job from him. But um, I can't even forgive because the damage has been done and I can't, forgiving might make it easier for him, but it's not going to, I don't think it's going to release anything for me. Um, you know, this is 14 years of suffering, 14 years of pain. I can't get that back and I can't. I can move on but so I can understand where they were coming from and respect that that's why what transpired did transpire but at the end of the day I'm not going to be there to forgive anyone but it did help me get some perspective on that so that when I you know got in the past if if I'd got a I'd had a voicemail from my my brother oh god I can't tell you how many years ago it was it was pre-covid um and I shuddered like I was, my, my colleague heard me listen to the voicemail and she said that she thought I heard of, um, someone had called to tell me that someone had died. Like my face dropped or the color went out. So, you know, this, this time around, he called me, said, you know, we need mum's death certificate. I basically went, okay, I hung up and I called him back, got his voicemail, but I left a message going, yep, no worries. I'll, um, I'll get to it when I get to it. And it, it allowed me to be able to converse with them. I don't think I would have been able to do that without that uh, that growing up from me, that maturing of me. Um, so it's allowed me to to deal with this situation. So I don't regret that at all. Um, I, the only thing I do think is I just really underestimated what this could do for my mental health. So the purpose of this 45-minute podcast episode was just the ramblings of a crazy person. And please don't think that I'm not stable and that um, I'm not okay. I mean, I am okay today, even though it didn't sound like that when I made this podcast. But, you know, I might not be okay tomorrow and it's okay to not be okay. If you resonate your feelings with mine at all, then I have notes of places you can call there's lifeline there's all sorts of support networks that are there for you if you need them and i do urge you to make the call and just talk to someone because it does help the fact that i'm talking to you via a podcast may be one-sided and maybe i do love the sound of my own voice but uh this is helping this is me healing and me resolving the issue and this is me putting this whole trauma this whole thing I'm putting it in its little place. I'm filing it away and it's done. 
and I'm wiping my hands of it and I hope that sounds incredibly harsh but I hope I never have to talk to any of them again I could happily live the rest of my life without speaking to any of them again there's nothing there's nothing lost there I'm not missing a relationship with them I'm I have relationships with people that I love and adore and that treat me the way I know I deserve to be treated and that's the main thing so sounds really harsh and really cold but now I just want to get on with my life and I don't think I'm going to be you know I'm not there's no one else's will that I'm going to get money from (laughs) and there's and not that that would be a reason for me to keep them around in my life but there's I think now I can officially say that this is it I'm not going to have to be in contact with them anymore um saying that god someone will pass away and they'll tell me to go to their funeral (sighs) I shouldn't say shit like that should I that's just the way it works you don't see people a good occasions now when you get to fucking 42 you end up seeing people at funerals and it's fucking disgusting anyway thank you for listening to my ramblings i don't even know if i'm going to share this if i do share it it's probably a, a moment of madness that i go yeah just put it out on the internet let everybody hear it that's great um but thank you for listening and hopefully i can do some more episodes if i had the content to give you like this is probably the extent of content that i've got at the moment um i'd love to talk to people about the dreams that they've had that's another thing that i was going to talk about was the dreams that can follow on from losing a loved one so maybe i'll do an episode about that and um yeah people can tell me about if they've had positive and negative dreams from their from their loved ones when they've passed that's a good idea let's do that we'll lock that in thank you for listening to my 50 minute of rambling and i hope you have a lovely day and don't worry about me i'm fine um I hope you're okay. Take care. Look after yourselves. Uh, Remember, you know, in a crash, the oxygen mask has to go on you first before anyone else. And just remember to do something nice for yourself today. With this money that I've received from my grandmother, I am, I have, well, I already did. I bought a new car, not a brand new new car. I bought a secondhand new car, um, which I had to borrow money from from my children but I have paid them back now so I'm now debt free with my kids which makes me feel great I hate having to use their savings for my needs although I said thank you to them um and I'll be paying them back and they went you're welcome and I went you're also welcome for having a car to drive you to and from things so you know kind of evens out um but This might be the first time ever, but I might actually splurge on myself and do something for for myself with the money. With some of it anyway, not all of it. Um, We'll see. We'll see. You might even see this pretty mug on TV soon. We'll see how that pans out. I applied for another game show (laughs) because I'm addicted. So, yeah, we'll see if that if that happens. You know, I'll put a call out on my on the Facebook page, which is talking about death would not kill you or facebook.com slash tadwinky t-a-d-w-n-k-y and you can um you can follow if i end up if i end up it'll be around august i doubt that will happen but um yeah you never know stranger things have happened (sighs) but yeah thank you for listening and have a lovely day and take care see you